This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Screen Talk, everybody. I'm Ann Thompson, uh, editor-at-large at at IndieWire, and uh, as always, joined by Ryan Latanzio, who runs all things news, managing, editing, all sorts of stuff out of New York. Um, So we're going to start off, what do you think? Should we start with the color purple? Should we just go straight there? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely, you know, that's the most recent movie to break into the conversation. And I'm not going to see it until next week. But Anne, I know you saw it, so let's. Uh, let's I forgot you didn't see it. Um, So I'm going to say that it's a rousing, entertaining movie. uh, That the story itself, the original story, the one that fueled the last version of the movie and the musical that this one is based on, is a strong, powerful, emotional story. And those characters, Seely, played very well by Fantasia Barino, who played played it on, it was a singer, and she played it on Broadway. And then you have uh, the character Sophia. And again, Danielle Brooks plays the part that was played by Oprah Winfrey. And back in 1996, she actually got nominated uh, for that. There were three acting nominations back in 1986. And I'm not sure they're going to repeat that feat this time against all the competition. But the question of whether it holds up is is interesting as a musical. I wasn't enthralled by all the, the big, big musical numbers that keep coming forward. Uh, that wasn't what sold me. What sold me was the story. And it's a very good, strong, emotional story. I saw the musical on Broadway back in 2017 with a totally different cast who are not any of these people. In this film, you know, which is based on the Alice Walker novel, which Steven Spielberg previously tackled in 1985 with his movie that got 11 Oscar nominations and won none of them, which remains, I I believe, a a kind of record. Well, Uh, I think The Irishman is in there with 10. It's close. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. We've got Fantasia as Seeley, Taraji P. Henson as Suge, which was played by Mark. Avery in the previous one. But the breakout of the movie seems to be Daniel Brooks as Sophia, who got a Tony nomination for what was her Broadway debut in the musical. And, you know, she had a long run on TV in Orange is the New Black, and she now seems, based on the reactions, to be the sort of real breakout winner of this because movie. Because she elicits emotion. And some people were bugging me. They were, why didn't you put in Taraj P. Henson? And, you know, this is on Twitter. Yeah, my tweet. Uh, and I just, I said, it's Taraji P. Henson is fabulous. I mean, she's supporting Seely. She's, she's a, she plays a very valuable role and she's very entertaining um, and fun to watch, but she doesn't have that depth of emotion that Sophia has. And having I not seen- Domingo is very good, uh, by the way, as, as Mr. He's very good. Which My was, uh, here. which was Danny Glover in right. the the Spielberg movie, who's a very detestable, unlikable character. And yet you're, you know, certainly by the end, 
you're you're oddly rooting for him. He's he's a a terrible character, and yet you understand that this is the cycle that 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 the pain and the and the trauma and the you know bad parenting <laughs> just gets passed on and on and on. I don't remember the the music in the stage version wasn't particularly memorable, and right. that was a criticism of the show when it played for many years. And so I feel like that's that's got to apply to the movie as well, right? Well, you have these big, big musical numbers. It actually starts off very well. I like the way it started. It's more naturalistic. It's just two characters up on a tree branch, you know, singing to each other. What you have, though, are these enormous tableaus that just sort of sit there. They don't really come come to life. At least I don't think they do. There's another musical that I would like to suggest may be more effective as a musical, but we're not allowed to talk about it yet. Uh, one of the year-end movies. Yeah, so we cannot speak about Wonka, which we have both seen, but it is under strict embargo. We cannot even address it. And I'm sure we both have many thoughts about it uh, that we will. I actually, I think that the social embargo on this one is Tuesday of next week. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so we'll talk about it on the next yeah. podcast. I saw a movie last night um, that I had heard good things about, which is Matteo Garroni's Yo Capitano which is the Italian entry for the Oscar. And it's a rather extraordinary movie that follows two Sudanese teenagers, they're 16, from uh, Darfur. And if you look at the map of Africa, <laughs> Darfur is way the hell over on the west coast of Africa. And they have to go all the way up uh, through the desert and uh, all the way up to Libya, to Tripoli, to get into a boat to take them over to uh, Sicily. And this um, journey is harrowing and also oddly beautiful because it goes through extraordinary terrain um, and they go through extraordinarily difficult uh, traumatic uh, stuff. Uh, I mean, they almost get killed, both of them. So it's a, it's a it's a good movie. I highly recommend it. It isn't. I mean, I don't want people to think, oh, it's another. It's just another uh, migrant journey because it's more than that. Yeah. Well, I it played at Venice when I was there, and I didn't see it. And perhaps it's because I sort of had that feeling. But where do you feel like it could possibly end up in the international feature well, rate? Short list is fifteen films, right? So in December, there will be an announcement of the shortlist and all the different uh, voters are, are, you know, going through and, and showing up and watching all these films uh, to their credit. I have to say it's a lot of a lot of work. Um, so I'm not worried about that, um, whether it makes the final five. I think it has the right stuff to do that. But again, you know, I did a story about Teacher's Lounge, which is the German entry, The Teacher's Lounge, which is a very strong movie that won all the German film awards and, and uh, uh, you know, beat out a lot of strong competition to be submitted, kind of broke out of Berlin last year. Um, and Sony Pictures Classics picked it up. And there's, um, of course, The Zone of Interest, which which no one is going to beat, I don't think. Uh, it, it's the UK entry in, in German. Um, and then there's Society of the Snow, the J.A. Biona movie, um, which I think is really good, you know, about the Uruguayan rugby team. 
stranded in the mountains. So, you know, there's, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, the, the the Bayona Film Society of the Snow, I saw out of Venice, and um, we'll, you know, I, I've got some writing to do about that one next week. What's interesting about that one is we sort of know this story already from this early 90s movie, Alive, with mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke and so forth, but this movie is actually working with real Uruguayan people and telling the story more from their perspective in a way that it isn't. Him, yeah, it took him a long um, time to get made because of that because he insisted on doing it in Spanish, Uruguayan Spanish. And that one is that one is opening uh, next Friday, but then it's going to be on Netflix in January. And it's definitely one that I would say uh, a theatrical experience lends to rather than watching it at home. I mean, there's really, you know, he's the director of The Impossible. We know what he's capable of, but there's a lot of incredible special effects scenes just involving this plane crash and just the the struggle for survival that the remaining people have that are I think are really worth seeing on a big screen. Um, you know, we were talking about the movies that we hope that people might pull out of their screener piles and sort of revisit uh, possibly over the holiday as the studios have sent out many of these to everyone at this point. Uh, and one of them I was thinking about was the Icelandic entry, Godland. Uh, I still have to Hitler. see that. Palmason, which is super great. It sort of evokes a Herzog, Agira, Wrath of God kind of story about a Danish uh, Lutheran priest in Iceland whose faith is tested. And the filmmaking is just really impressive. And I I don't know that that's going to get to the final five, but it's one that I would encourage many people to see because it's actually it's now streaming on Criterion Channel. So it is available. Yeah, I made some notes about some things. that. All right. So on Netflix now is The Killer which is the David Fincher movie with Michael Fassbender, which is a must-see. I mean, it's just so beautifully made. It is so precise and so extraordinarily controlled. I, I think it's one of my favorite David Fincher movies. He's tracking a um, an assassin who, who uh, you know, is, is on a vengeful course of action. And then you have uh, also on Netflix, American Symphony, from uh, Matt Heineman, who's one of our best documentary filmmakers. And it's it's a really extraordinary story about, you know, you think it's about John Batiste and he's writing a symphony. And he's, of course, the guy who used to be on, on uh, late night TV. He is dealing with the fact that his wife has had a recurrence of cancer and she's actually under great duress. There's no guarantees that she's going to pull through. And so this is a very fraught, uh, dramatic situation that Heinemann has the skill to just be up close with it. And then the other one that is similar in a way is, is the eternal memory. And, and that's available now. And that's, that's the Maita Alberti Chilean story of two. Oh, couple. which is, which is beautiful and, and devastating. I'm going to catch up on American symphony in the coming days. What I will say about the killer is you say that it's really controlled but I think that that movie comes off the hinges in a, in a good way. Like, I think he loosens up a bit more than usual. And that's even reflective in the uh, cinematography, which for the first time that I can remember in a, in a Fincher movie becomes handheld at some points. And I, I do think that that movie, it's interesting. It's almost sort of autobiographical in a way because it's about this meticulous assassin who kind of... Uh, 
unravels because his perfectionism starts to falter. And I can see that as being a- He makes one mistake and it throws him completely. Yeah, and that's probably exactly what goes through a Fincher mindset when he's making any (laughs) movie. As we know, he is one of the most control freak directors that there is. There's something very uh, elemental. I mean, maybe deceptively so. You know, it seems very austere and simple, this movie. And and there's something about it that that I find um, super cool. You know, it 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 is uh, it's so fun to watch because yeah, it's I mean, so beautiful. He, he's one of those directors, like with Ridley Scott. Even though I didn't love Napoleon the way you did, you go and you sit down in the theater and you know that you are in. You're in the hands of a master. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, and then the other movie that I thought I might check out, I don't know if you saw it, is the Albert Brooks Defending My Life directed. Which by I haven't, Peter. even though I love Defending My Life, the actual Albert <laughs> Brooks movie. And I'm a huge fan of his. But this is the Rob Reiner directed documentary. Yeah, I'm that, curious. Uh, played so. a couple of festivals this fall. Um, a couple that I wanted to single out actually started in Sundance, uh, which were uh, the A.V. Rockwell film. 1001 starring Taylor, which is fabulous. And she gives a really great performance as this New York woman in the early 90s who uh, gets out of incarceration and kidnaps her son out of the foster care system. And then it's about how they built a life together over the coming decades. Um, And it really, you know, she's been in a lot of Tyler Perry movies and I haven't seen many of those. She's more known as a musician, but it really is an incredible breakout performance. And I know that Focus Features is kind of really pushing that one as they should. I mean, it'll do very well at the the Spirit Awards, uh, I would say. And um, and we'll see. We'll see about that. You know what's coming? Uh, You know, it's going to be on Paramount Plus, of all things, uh, over the holiday. Master and Commander, my favorite seafaring movie. Oh, I've not the thought King about that Weir. one in a while, but the old uh, the old Russell Crouch in his prime chestnut. Um, I love that movie. I'm going to definitely watch it over the holiday. I'm going to indulge myself. Well, you know, one of the movies that we wanted to talk about that I was just revisiting this morning in preparation for this was Love Actually, which uh, is celebrating its 20th anniversary. Unbelievable. And which remains a movie that people constantly revisit, no matter the occasion, but it is a sort of perennial Christmas Christmas movie. movie. It is a Christmas movie, and it's set in the lead up to Christmas. Um, You know, it's interesting, like this movie, I didn't see it when it first came out, and it's been sort of uh, shoved down my throat over the years, and I finally did watch it for the first time a few years ago. I'm not super crazy about it, but I understand that it's uh, enduring appeal comes a lot from the cast, which includes Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, Laura Linney, uh, Bill Nighy, all of these people. Hugh Grant. And Hugh Grant, of course, of course. And it's also interesting even, that it was, even even uh, Liam Neeson. No, I mean there is there is a panoply of characters that it, it's almost like the Paul Haggis's crash of a romantic comedy. It's sort of hard to keep track of everything that's going on. What what is your relationship to this movie? Well, I first saw it when it came out, and I thought it was it's it's Richard Curtis's first film as a director. 
That's right. Now, he wrote a lot of things that we love, like Notting Bridget Hill. Jones, Notting yeah. Hill. So we think of him really... as this rom-com auteur, but this was his first. But he's a writing. very gifted writer. And he's someone where I would watch those over and over and over again. Also, there would be something so gratifying about that. You know, Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts, her scene telling him that she's just a girl, you know, wanting to be loved. You know, there's something incredible about that. So I ended up watching it at Christmas with my daughter year after year after year. And it grew on me. There's a, the, the, there, there are several different stories interlocking over the course of it that you go back and forth and they each develop in a different way. But the, the one with Laura Linney and her workmate, the gorgeous guy in her office. Rodrigo Santoro. Very nice on the eyes, but not my favorite, not my favorite one, you know, but there's and there's a scene in with, with those two that is so terribly shot and lit and and executed that it just makes me wince. But it was his first time directing and and he you know, he's gotten better since then. And the movie just it just makes you happy to watch it. It just it sits well over the years. I agree that the Laura Linney character does get a kind of short shrift in it. And I think she's even addressed that over the years. The moment that I really like is involves Emma Thompson. She's married to Alan Rickman in the movie, who's having an affair with his secretary. Or wants and to. Yeah. She, and and she or that's right. And she thinks she's getting this necklace that she discovered for Christmas. And she ends up getting a Joni Mitchell CD. I wouldn't be unhappy about that personally. But it she realizes, right, that he is being unfaithful, however emotionally or psychically. And, you know, she has this sort of breakdown about this gift. And what's interesting about it is that. Emma Thompson has said that she really was channeling the moment when she found out that her former partner, Kenneth Branagh, was having an affair with Helena Bonham Carter. So for her, it's like she's really sort of acting something out. It's a great scene. Great scene. And Al Rickman is really good in it. And Hugh Grant is delicious. You know, I mean, I will watch the the whole sequence of him dancing and, in, in, you know, and or the scene where he knocks on all the doors and, and looking for the woman who used to work for him, who he's in love with. You know, these are great, great sequences. <laughs> yeah, I mean, regardless anyway. of the material, he is always charming. We will talk about him in Wonka next week. That's right. That's uh, but, you know, interestingly, Richard Curtis wrote a new movie, Genie, starring Melissa McCarthy, that's going to be on Peacock, or I think it now is on Peacock. Uh, horribly, it's been horribly reviewed. And he's only directed one movie since Love Actually, which was uh, About Time, which is another one which that I, I really like. Sort of cult of appreciation around yeah. it. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Another piece of news that broke yesterday was about the fate of the bike riders. Uh, new Regency now looking for a new distributor outside of 20th Century Disney, with whom they have had a production deal. They made the creator together earlier this year, which didn't do super well. Amsterdam was part of that deal. That's right. That's right. Another one that didn't do well. Well, Uh, Also another movie that doesn't feel like a Disney movie. It doesn't. These feel like search. I mean, it's like Amsterdam, bike riders. These feel like searchlight. Searchlight. But they can't because of legal language in their deal. No, that's right. And they they already pushed the date of bike riders due to the strike. And so it's obviously it's not opening this year. So now they're sort of seeking other options for when it could potentially open next year. Uh, that I mean, what 
I'm sure you guys talked about it on the podcast before I came on, but what were your thoughts about the potential of that movie? Bike Riders is a tweener, is is my answer. It's a really interesting movie. It's unusual. It's unconventional. It's adapted from a photo book. It doesn't have a conventional narrative structure, but it has these three fabulous actors playing bike riders. I mean, the woman is is the girlfriend. Jodie Comer, really good. Austin Butler, very good. And uh, the always fabulous Tom Hardy. I never thought it was a very commercial movie. And I thought that if there was a group of people that would respond really well to it, it would be the Academy Actors. And and that's still true. So they're looking. I'm I'm curious to see what they discover. I, I think the fee- the people who made the movie feel very strongly that they have an awards movie and that it should be supported as such. And uh, they're looking for that kind of 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 belief. Um, I think Disney's planning to put it out next year and and uh, let let it go. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think the bike rider struggles a little bit uh, in the way that uh, Jeff Nichols movies often does. I mean, it's sort of going for this easy rider kind of vibe. But then I, I honestly, it kind of reminded me more of the David O. Russell movie, The Fighter, in the sense that there's a lot of acting with a capital A that's going on among this ensemble. Uh, but I and do feel that and real it, violence. Yes. And that, too. And I do feel like it has potential beyond just being a streaming movie. Um, whether or not how commercial it is, I can't say, but there, there is real love for this one. And hopefully it, you know, whether Disney or wherever else, it, I, I can imagine it will succeed wherever it lands ultimately. Jeff, Jeff Nichols is a really gifted filmmaker, but he's not necessarily uh, somebody who has his eye on the audience. Um, I don't think he has commercial instincts. I think his instincts are much more interesting. I think he's trying to do to to try different things. And and, you know, this movie is you, you can feel it. It's it's organic. It it has a, 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 a weird narrative shape that came out of, you know, years of development and and whatever they found on the set. So it, it doesn't have the familiar hallmarks of something that an audience could hang on to. No. And it's like you look at his filmography, there's nothing really commercial going on there, even with the sort of sci-fi mainstream play of midnight special but going back to his debut take shelter which is really interesting and complicated and something like mud you know he's never that's right he's never really had the and he discovers actors he he does well with actors his actors are uh, what was the name of the young actor in mud who who he discovered Uh, i want to say ty sheridan is that possible sheridan who was in the, the Clooney movie a couple years ago Yeah, that's what's going on there. And we are going to uh, take off and uh, have a good turkey day, Ryan. Yeah, you too. Happy Thanksgiving. We're both off the hook for hosting this year. So hopefully it's a relaxing day for us I get to make a few dishes and go to a friend's house. I'm so grateful. All right, we'll have a good holiday and we'll uh, we'll talk next week. Next week. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.